This is Eddie checking in. This is Gage checking in. And this is Two Boys Podcast. Boom. As you can immediately tell, if you're watching because you found our YouTube video, we are now on YouTube. I brought in my GoPro so we can start recording. And I'm going to try to not look at the camera as many times as I'd like. Um, Don't break the fourth wall. (laughs) Yes. But uh, yeah, let's start off with uh, the rundown of social media, where people can find us. Yes. As I check my nice little notepad. Okay, so you guys can find us on Twitter. We just made a Twitter, which is nice. Two Boys Podcast. Uh, Facebook, same name. Um, Now, YouTube. Boom. And then, yeah, our podcast, where to find us. We post on Anchor, but then it slowly gets released to all other forms and platforms that... Yeah, podcast. We're still waiting on iTunes and Castbox right now, but Spotify is probably the biggest one that yeah. we're on right now. It like it, there's definitely a list. Like, is Spotify, and then the rest. Yeah, pretty like, much. Spotify is the fastest. Well, I know a lot of people do have Apple products, but most people with, you know, still oh, have Spotify the anyways. Superior. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what was that? I didn't hear you. I have my <laughs> AirPods in. I can actually bring my AirPods. Yeah. Out. Okay. Don't. Yeah. Let me, let me flex on you real quick. Yeah. Totally. Uh, but anyways, the main topic, the overarching uh, topic of today is flipping uh, in all ways, in all manners that we have. And we're going to be conveying that through our journey um, of the flip, kind of the most, not pivotal, but like kind of like the most influential thing that's happened to us in the last like 18 months. 18 months? That's a bit of an exaggeration. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems a lot longer than it is. My first eBay sale was in September 4th. I remember it because Uh, I recently just looked it up. I can pull mine up, but yeah. Um, Okay, maybe not. It seems so long now. I don't know why. The last seven months. Yeah. Seven months. We'll say six months. Yeah. When we actually seriously start doing it. Okay, cool. But yeah, God, it sounds so much longer. It sounds so much shorter. Anyways, um, but yeah, so I guess like any other good story, where did we start? Where where did you start, Eddie? You said September 4th. So a day which will live in infamy. <laughs> yeah, no. shit. Um, September fourth. I mean, well, that was when I sold my first item, which was a Jonathan Adler um, lamp. Uh, it was a, a Capri lamp. That's what it's called specifically. The collection that it's from. Um, yeah, bought it for twenty five. Sold it for seventy five. Made a, a really good. <clears throat> oh, that that one. Okay, so. He, I, I won't go off too much on a tangent, but so that first flip really warped my mind mm. of like how good flipping can be. It, it is really good when you think about it, but I sold it for 75, made a $50 profit. Also, my shipping was like super cheap. It was like, like seven bucks. And it was a big ass. Yeah. Like what? That, I don't know how I got away with it. But, like, I brought it into UPS. Don't tell the post office. Yeah. This is why our government shut down, Eddie. <laughs> You're wasting the taxpayer dollar. <laughs> but I brought it in. They weighed it. They, like, it, it was being shipped to New York, so it wasn't getting shipped too far. Uh-huh. But the the guy was like, yeah, it's $7. That's like, crazy. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, but that, that fucked me up afterwards. Yeah, so I was going to say, that's, like... It's like the first girl you're ever with. You're like, you're the best ever. This is awesome. You're yeah. So hot. This is amazing. Yeah. You're like, I'm so I'm awesome. Yeah. I'm, yeah, great, yeah, aren't I'm, I? I'm pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but then after that, um, well, not to go on with that story, but yeah, but that was the first flip I ever made. And then <clears throat> the way I really got into it was, I mean, we both got into it the same way, which was Gary V because he started his own, um, YouTube series called trash talk where he went to garage sales all around his, like, 
neighboring neighborhoods and just found stuff and flipped it. Yeah. And he was showing it how easy it was to do it. Actually, that was so that was more later on in my journey. That was that was when I started buying more things to flip. <laughs> but like anything, yeah, the, the camera will turn off. That that I know that's distracting. We'll oh. know it in the future, I think. Boop. Yeah. It is still That's strange. Is it not huh? recording? No, it says it's recording, but it is blinking red. Yeah, Doesn't the it's... blinking red mean? This is so nice for our first YouTube. Yeah, I know, but it says 21 seconds now, so now I'm confused if it's been recording for 20 seconds or 25. Oh, man. Pardon the interruption. That's weird. Now it says 30 seconds. Maybe it just started recording. Yeah, but... Is there a delay recording on it? No, because it would have started immediately. Sorry, guys. Are you still thirsty? I put all the water. It's chill. I'll, I'll hold out. Well, just to reframe again, oh, that's shit. weird. Um, yeah, I just clapped again because it said it started recording a minute ago. So if this is the first time you're seeing us on the YouTube channel, sorry if it stopped recording in the middle. That's so strange. Oh, you said stop recording. Oh, <laughs> wow. Fucking Christ. I'm such a fuck up. Wow, looks like your technology oh. isn't that great, Gage. GoPro, start recording. Thanks. Holy shit. Wow. Wow, what a trip, dude. Great job. Oh, you know what it is? Mm. I, I should definitely... T- um, next time I'll turn off voice activation. Because yeah. I probably said something about like a N-E-W video. Uh. And it might have started a N-E-W video. <laughs> Okay, well, that was a fuck up. Anyways, thank you for joining us on the YouTube uh, uh, video. Eddie was talking about how he started flipping uh, because, uh, majorly, majorly is not a word, in a big way because of Gary Vaynerchuk's Trash Talk series. Uh, Thanks for joining us. Uh, Next time, you'll see the entirety of this. (sighs) Way to start. Trappings. But anyways, uh, to get back onto it, let me just do another clap just to... Just in case. Um, so that was, yeah, for me, I had also Gary Vaynerchuk, but in a different way. He was on his, like, Ask Gary V show, his podcast, his advice podcast, and somebody had wrote in and they were complaining about not having enough money to start their venture, to start this thing that they wanted to do. And he offhand mentioned, but he had mentioned before. And it, I never really connected what he was saying. He offhand mentioned flipping things. And he, now he's talked about this before. Obviously, his childhood, he flipped like, uh, you know, baseball cards, different paraphernalia, things having to do with sports mostly. Um, but then he mentioned a very specific, concrete piece of advice which was to how to flip on ebay specifically and that is what started it off for me because it made me realize that the barrier to entry for flipping things is super easy and what he advised everyone from that point on you know obviously flipping has become a bigger thing and he kind of felt that pulse and went with it and he explained it he um talked about how on ebay all you do is sell things out of your closet which is what i was gonna do i you know, he said, look, look for things that you have, you know, search them on eBay, filter by sold item, 
and you can see what the market values your item for. So, you know, it, these headphones that I have, they're not AirPods. They're not, you can't flex with them. You can't say, sorry, I can hear you got my AirPods in. Sorry. But they're nice Sennheiser active noise canceling headphones. I could look up the exact make and model of these. Um, you know, I have all the components. Then I look on eBay, what people have previously sold them for and how recently they sold them you know, uh, whether it was an auction or whether it was it was a, a buy now, which is more of an inventory sell. And then I can put them up myself for a certain price and sell them. And that unlocked the door for me. Now, my um, kind of my entree into this whole thing was a much more significant flip. But with, with like just with the scope, like the scale of it, I bought a... Blu-ray, yeah, I bought a lost Blu-ray collector's edition set. It was must have weighed like ten pounds or whatever. This thing was hefty. It had the entire one season one through six. It even had a secret disc. There was a game built into it, and the game pieces were all sealed in the plastic still. And I bought it because I love Lost. I I love J.J. Abrams. I bought it at Goodwill for twelve dollars. Such a weird find that I found it there, and then I flipped it for one hundred and twenty-five dollars. So it was a it was a major thing, but even that had trappings in it, which I guess we can get into because we were all very excited in the beginning, and Eddie talked about his kind of um, misguided notion oh of God. what it, flipping yeah. was. It's very exciting in the beginning, and when you first sell your first thing, but I mean, just get into like eBay startup in general. Like, I guess we can start there with a platform because yeah. we both started on eBay. Okay, yeah. So we both start on eBay, and so eBay is like. Generally, straight is really straightforward. You want to sell something, you post it, and then somebody buys it, you send it off. Um, but the process is a little bit more complicated, mm. especially on a buyer standpoint. Or, I'm sorry, not a buyer, but on a seller standpoint, because you have to, there's a couple things you have to do. One, you have to list the item. Okay, easy enough. But within that, there's a certain list of categories. So, depending on what the product is, there's like this subcategory of other things that you have to fill out. So, like what the item actually is, what is name, what's the description, like, are there any like, um, defects or things that are wrong with it? Um, then you have to go into like, where specifically is that listing going to go in the world of eBay? You know, is it antiques? Is it collectible? Um, Electronics. Is it electronic? You know, things like that. And then you have to go into, like, how much is it being priced for? Um, eBay does a pretty good job of auto-generating, auto like, a price from existing mm -hmm. and past, like, items um, that are similar to that one. So it'll do the work for you. Uh, but a lot of times you can just edit it and put your own price on there. Uh, I would never really suggest going above that, like, like over what is being sold for. But a lot of times eBay does smack you in the middle, like, at a low average. Um, because they do want you to sell the item. Yeah. Like, that's what they're really in it for. Yep. Um, and then a bit, one big thing is shipping. Shipping yeah. is very, very... That's a like, whole section. That could be very complicated. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that next because yeah. that has all a whole list of trappings that we've found. Yeah. Um, but yeah, um, a lot of the times what they don't tell you is that they charge up front for listing. Um, so not immediately, like not when you list, they ask for money, but they do monthly invoices yeah. where they collect on the fees that you've 
accrued by putting things on there. Mm -hmm. So you might be very ambitious. You might have so much things in your closets. Maybe you have cameras or God knows what you have to sell, but you're, you want to just sell it right away. Boom. You, you list and list and list and list and list and list. Now you have a big like stack of fees that you have to pay off. Mm -hmm. So you have to be very selective with what you put up there too, because you have to accept that that uh, charge uh, as you go onto the site. And that's it's not a big thing. It's like a dollar, maybe a yeah. couple dollars. In the beginning, it's a little bit more expensive because you're yeah. a new seller yeah. and they're taking a gamble on you. Mm -hmm. um, but know that is coming around the corner. So if your thing doesn't sell immediately, you might not profit from it. You know, it's there is a bit of a startup there is. You definitely need like a little bit of startup cash, but the idea is may hopefully you're selling outpaces the like yeah. the expenses. Except for the first, you know, while because they hold yeah. your money. Oh my god. So it. yeah, what what's something okay. they don't tell you and like what you might I mean, obviously if you're looking into this then you might already know. Yeah. But if you wanna start selling, if you're someone out there who has something in your closet you wanna sell, know that even if you sell something the day you post it, you're not going to get your money for the for three weeks. Mm. As a new seller, you are a liability. You're kind of a wild card. They don't know your habits, your trends. They're going to withhold your money for three weeks. Up to three weeks. Up to three weeks. Mm. And then you'll get your money. Um, so be ready to wait. But the longer you stay on the site, the more you get rewarded. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, so after that, after you go through that whole, you know, fiasco of just trying to list your item, then I think the next biggest thing would be to set up a PayPal account. Mm. Because for me, I just like organization and to have my money separate from everything else makes a lot of sense. So eBay and also eBay really encourages that you set up your eBay, um, your eBay account with the PayPal account linked to it. Uh, so when you do that, you know, have it linked and then also get a prepaid uh, Visa, not prepaid Visa card, uh, a PayPal. PayPal Visa card. And so... MasterCard. It's a debit MasterCard. Oh, it's a debit MasterCard? Yeah. Okay, it doesn't matter. But anyways, it's a debit card. Yeah, there you go. Debit card. Um, That's the more important part. Yeah. So with that in mind, it, it just makes it easier to keep that money separate and like you're able to have that money like for other like eBay related expenses. So with my uh, PayPal card, not only do I use it to buy stuff or like to get my money on there after making a flip, I also use it to buy supplies for shipping, uh, buy flips, like future flips. And so on. Is it still recording? Yeah, I, I just I keep checking in because that made Stop me nervous. Stop breaking the fourth wall. I know, I know, I know. But it, as long as it's blinking, we're good. Yeah, I just yeah. I must have said some keywords. I'll turn off voice activation next time. I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. That was just really embarrassing. Uh, that I fucking I triggered it. Mm -hmm. Damn it. But yeah, so uh, go on. Sorry, getting the debit card, dealing with yeah, PayPal. Getting the debit card, dealing with PayPal. Um, PayPal, as as much as um not as much but ebay has his own listing like fees that it collects paypal also has their own fees um so i, I don't know exactly what the percentage is ultimately at the very end you can safely say that you 13 percent of your what you make excluding postage or anything whatever you get that the the, the price that uh the like the number that you get when it's like your thing sold, this person paid, blah blah blah. Take thirteen percent away from that, and then you're left with your your cut. Yeah. Because I yeah. think it is, 
11, it's like 2% here, or like 10% here, 13% there. Depending, I forgot which one takes which, but 13% is kind of the general. PayPal definitely takes the less. less yeah, so it's 3% cost. from PayPal, 10% from eBay. Yeah. Um, but then there's also listing fees and stuff too. Of course. But that pays after the fact. Exactly. So yeah, so, okay, let, let me just condense it and make it much more cleaner. So when it comes to, to fees, right, as the beginner, as a, as a beginner seller, on eBay, you will get hit with the highest fees because mm-hmm. you are technically a liability and there's no trust or like frequency built with you just starting out as a seller. So when it comes to money, you're gonna wait a while from getting your money. When it comes to fees, you're gonna get hit with the highest fee rates. And on top of that, like since you are new to eBay and you have no like seller ratings of any sort or feedback on top of that, um, you know you're just really just starting from the ground up yeah and especially if you have electronics what i realized because i had a lot of electronics in my closet to sell they will stop you from selling more electronics yeah there are certain categories where just think of like what's the more risky items that you might want to put more research into buying those are the categories that will be restricted so i had to call them and that's the thing too is like if you call them and you talk to someone you can unlock a lot more than you think you just have to be like hey there's another human on the other side of here and reason with another human being so i was unable i was able to unlock more um you know you can sell more electronics um but those are going to be more restricted in the beginning but as you go on in general as you go on and you get good feedback yeah um yeah that's that's another thing you know it, it doesn't matter if you're like a really good seller if you sell a lot of things if you make profit if you make multiple sales what's most important is that you get feedback from your buyers yeah and i you know it better than i do but like what are the criteria to like up your so yes so in the beginning you're like a baby seller i don't know exactly what they call you but in order to get to the next the next level they have a tiers and you can look this up on their website for more information but when i started in order to unlock more listings unlock more profitability in a month and unlock more uh, less fees you have to make 250 dollars at least in domestic sales you have to wait 90 days so 90 days from your first sell so september 4th three months after that would be uh the fourth fourth what is it november 4th no, sorry. December, December 4th. 4th. So on December 4th, Eddie would then be eligible if he had $250 in domestic sales, 25 points of feedback. Um, and I think that's it. But then it unlocks like there's top rated seller and then there's power seller. Once you get up to the higher tiers, most of it has to do with how much profit you've made yeah. in a year, in like a calendar, in a calendar year. But what's also important <laughs> and maybe this best to start as soon as possible with this uh with this in mind they don't measure based off of when you started they measure off of the actual calendar so even though Eddie and I started in the last year towards the end none of that contributes to our rating this year because now it's the start of a new calendar year so they cut it off and they're like well how good did you do last year that affects your rating. Now it's the new year and you have to start all over again. Yeah. So I have 10 points of feedback right now. All positives. So yeah. Technically, I have a 100% positive rating. There you go. And, th- and then, really it, nice. again, it's also your ratio. Kind of like an Uber driver or anything where it's like a service where you're selling and buying yeah. things. It's all about keeping the customers happy, keeping customers on the app from eBay's point of view. Mm-hmm. So as long as you're cordial, a lot of things that uh, Eddie's good at as well is reaching out to your buyer immediately and yeah. saying, putting a human connection through it, not just being like, 
this is how much you pay, beep, boop, beep. It's like a robot. I always send them three emails, one right when they buy, thanking them. It's like, hey, thanks for buying this from my eBay. Uh, Within that first email, I tell them what they bought, just in case they, like, accidentally bought something that they didn't mean to, Mm -hmm. Um, when I'm going to ship it, and what that shipping entitles. So tracking, you know, like, when they're going to get it guaranteed by, so on and so forth. My second email is right when I ship it, like literally as I leave UPS, the USBS store, I email them like, I just shipped your item, blah, blah, blah. And then I update the tracking information. And then the third one comes like a few days afterwards where I, you can also track the shipping yourself too, to make sure the item got there. Um, and I wait a few days after the fact that they got it. And I actually learned this from you. Um, and then I tell them, hey, just checking up. Like, how is everything? Like, did your item come fine? Like, do you, is it, like, up to your standards, so on and so forth? Um, and those are just really, like, it's just based off good customer service. You yeah. know, I've worked in retail for, for seven years. And so, you know, I've learned a couple of things along the way about, like, how people really like to be interacted with when it comes to, you know, like, in a customer service setting. Yeah. Um, and oddly enough, like, almost every email I put, you know, if you don't mind, can I like, like feedback would be great for my yeah. eBay, so on and so forth. And about like, ten percent of the people I ask actually leave me feedback. Yeah, which is good. Surprisingly enough, the the feedback that I get back the most is when, say for example, um, I've had a couple items that either come damaged or just like didn't show up at all, and so like literally no hassle. I was like, yeah, I'll refund you the money. Like no matter like I don't care what it is, even if you're lying, sure, big deal. Yeah. Um, I'll refund you because it always behooves you to give them the benefit of the doubt because yeah. it reflects well on you. Yeah, and like from those from those interactions, the most I've gotten like those are like the best returns of feedback. I I've mean, gotten. yeah, it's crazy. That's like an aspect of human psychology. Not to go on a tangent, but like they did a study that the best reviews come from when the mistake was made and you overcompensated mm-hmm. rather than giving the already overcompensated great service from the jump. Yeah, it's weird because it's about your. It's all. It's all uh, relevant or uh, relative Mm -hmm. you know if you started off down here and you were boosted up to here you feel like that velocity that direction it feels like you were somehow treated better but even if you met there if somebody gave you that amount of service then you're gonna be like yeah it was good not they're not gonna give you an excellent rating but it's like yeah it's good but that's the great thing about ebay it's more of like a thumbs up thumbs down thing it's not a stars rating um they'll just give you positive or negative or neutral like so yeah yeah yeah. so but even neutral affects like your overall score. Yeah, too. yeah, that's so you always want obviously you always stay want in the green. Positive, positive, positive. Yeah, positive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, so shipping, I guess we can touch on that quickly because that was a big upstart too. Um, I, I'll explain my method. And yeah. You go into because you had we went down different paths, but we also like we ultimately came to the best option for ourselves, mm-hmm. and I'm probably going to lean more towards yours now, to be honest, for consistency's oh, sake. Yeah, of course. Um, but anyway, so. For me, I started off and I would, I went to like CVS, I think, and I bought a box. I remember buying it for Lost. And Lost was, it was this big square and it was pretty short. Imagine like a pyramid that was, had its top cut off. That's what the, that's what the packaging looked like. So I bought a bigger box at CVS and bubble wrap and I was going to be all professional about it. But then I ended up having to like cut the box in a way so that it would be smaller because it was too big and clunky for what it was. But basically, as I went along, I realized, like, 
actually the biggest finesse for me because I was going to school at the time. It was move-in season, like just in the beginning of the semester. And what my school had done is sectioned off parking spaces with yellow me- or sorry, orange mesh construction fencing and metal barriers. And they would make that a cardboard drop-off because they knew people were moving in. They were either getting Amazon packages of like starter packs for stuff to move in, or they were moving stuff in in boxes and they needed somewhere to throw them away because they didn't want to burden the recycling of the dorms. So they made that like a cardboard depot. So for me at the time, just starting to flip, that was like heaven. I would literally pick out like super uniquely shaped boxes to fit whatever my packaging was. I had to ship a ukulele, so it was thin, it was tall, it was a little wide. So I used like a shelving unit and it literally fit in perfectly. So obviously I got very lucky there, but in general my method um, for finding shipping after that point was sourcing it from different, like from work. Or anytime I saw a cardboard box on the side of the road in somebody's recycling bin, I'd take it if it fit my criteria. Because in my mind, I'm thinking, I have an item. It's generally shaped like that. I can cushion it. Cool. And I had bubble wrap in the beginning, but, you know, cert, you know, when people throw away newspapers, too, and they like stacks and stacks and stacks of newspapers, that is excellent packaging. Oh, you literally is. just have to, yeah. like, crumple loosely some uh, some newspaper and it fills up so much space and creates so much cushioning. Yeah. When I walk Clover around the block, I people oh, we get these um, like the tabloids. Nobody ever reads them. Yeah. So I just pick them up and take them home. Yeah. And so it's 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 free packaging, which for real you, it is for real estate. Any way you can save on the flip, any way you can cut your costs, is absolute immensely helpful because the packaging. Like you wouldn't think a cardboard box costs a lot of money, but if you have to buy a cardboard box every time you want to ship something. It's so pricey and it's so frustrating. So just find free cardboard. You'd be surprised, you know, once you start doing this and you start having to find something to ship it in, you'd be surprised how much pack, quote unquote, packaging, you know, you don't think about packaging, you think about it as trash, but you realize, like, you don't realize how much of it is just lying around. Mm -hmm. So, but Eddie found something recently as like his method and I think I'm probably going to lean towards that. Oh, yeah. just buy in bulk. <laughs> That's all it really is. It's just buy in bulk. So I, a lot of the items that I do have are like pretty durable, so they don't need to be like protected in an actual box. Um, so what I do is I have these uh, like bag shipping bags. You can buy in bulk on Amazon. Get a good example of them. Oh yeah, because now we have a video podcast. So. Uh, this is the bigger of the two, but. But yeah, just something like this. It's great ASMR, by the way. This, yeah, <laughs> <What>? <laughs> for ASMR for oh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, this uh, can hold really like larger piece items like books, um, shirts. You know, any any, any like decent sized clothing that isn't like heavy like winter wear mm-hmm. can definitely just go in this. Yeah. So that's um, what I think I'm gonna do now because most yeah. of the things are that size anyways. Yeah, and the, and these things are like pretty durable. Like they're yeah. they're pretty hard to rip when once you like seal the package and in general like, you want to rip it open mm-hmm. they're really hard yeah um they're also waterproof too <clears throat> which is nice so yeah i just buy those in bulk because what what happened to me was when i started to like consistently get buyers or yeah buyers um picking out my items i went to the post office and then i had a like really cheap item that i was still gonna make a profit because i didn't buy it i'm just selling it um but then I was like, shit, I don't have a package. And so I had to buy a package at the USPS store, mm-hmm. which cost the shipping 
and what it, like they bought it for. So I literally broke. Thank God, I yeah. I broke even on that that yeah that sale. So which really sucks. So after that, I literally like I left the USPS store, went on Amazon, found shipping packages, and I just like bought like a two hundred pack for twelve bucks. So if you think about that, like it's six cents. Per like bag, yeah, and that's and another you can use thing. it for two hundred. So that's only a six cent expense on your overall like bottom line versus you know buying a three dollar bag or box. Yeah, and that's another thing too is dimensions. Uh, if you go bag route, that's a lot easier. It's mm-hmm. just like priority mail up to a certain point, and it covers it. Um, but I ran into a problem because I used a wrong size box, a box that was maybe a couple two three inches too tall. And that put a surcharge on the shipping, doubled the shipping, and made me take a wash on the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The shipping itself cost, like, was my, the total, was basically, the shipping was more than what the buyer paid for the item plus what they paid for shipping. So I took a wash on that when I didn't have to if I just found a better box. So find really try to find economically shaped and sized shipping it's going to save you in the long run and just be accurate with your dimensions too because yeah. they do the calculator on ebay yeah I mean, and it'll tell you how much just you're do your shipping. due diligence um, yeah like mainly i ship off from usps because one is convenient and two they have the best rates um and like every item that i get like if okay if you don't have a scale at home per se um just literally google the product you can actually google the product on amazon and amazon has all the specifications mm-hmm. in terms of dimension and weight and you can just plug that in onto the i don't even think that you yeah, smart i i'm pretty sure i told you but it doesn't matter yeah anyways yeah but you could just do that and just figure out all of your you know just shipping basics and then that can calculate it and now you have an accurate um you know just an accurate listing of how shipping is going to go so now it, it saves you confusion and it saves and it saves you money on top of that yeah because now you're not going to go to the usps store being like all right cool like this is how much it said it was going to ship for on ebay and then it's like seven dollars more yeah. which has happened to me multiple times and i hate when that happens but another thing too is so i like to ship off of usps eBay also alongside of you know being linked with um, PayPal they also have like some deal with USPS or just shipping in general actually where you can print your label through eBay and eBay encourages you to do that so they give you a discount every time you do it so it's, it's like about 70 to 85 cents so if you think about it when that money gets transferred to your PayPal account, like that kind of negates that, like this yeah. on the shipping negates the PayPal. It's like waiving expense. some of the fee. Exactly. Yeah. So you're like actually like breaking even and saving money yeah. from like the two, which is really, really great. And on top of that, which people don't know is that the buyer still pays the regular shipping. You already get the discount from like this is after the fact after yeah. you get the money and everything you get the discount so it doesn't get readjusted for the buyer yeah so like you kind of get a little bit more because you choose to print the label after they've already purchased the thing exactly because you can either go in or you can print the label for less exactly um but anyways that was enough in baseball that's like if you, i can even just like highlight some of the clips and maybe edit that i'd probably won't but we, we can also just do a sit down I'm like <laughs> i'm not gonna do it but because that was also too long of a stretch but mm-hmm. if we wanted to we could make like um 
a Twitter post about it or something or link off to someone who maybe gives a rundown um, better. Mm-hmm. Um, make a note of that, actually. Yeah. Um, but anyways, um, so that's enough in baseball. More back to the experience itself. So everyone starts with stuff in their closet. Uh, mm-hmm. Anything you just got lying around. I'd say the, the rule of thumb is if you haven't used something in the last six months, in general, when you're cleaning your room, like I know tidying up is a huge popular show on Netflix now. This like Japanese woman who's very much into like organization, you know, interiors, and she'll come in and she'll like be like, thank this item for being in your life. Now let it go. But we, on the so other it hand, turns we'll be, into a dove. And yeah, exactly right. This dirty sock turns into a dove and flies away. But use that same logic, but you can actually just make money off of it. And mm-hmm. a, a big problem, you might be like, well, I bought this thing for 80 bucks and it's only going to go for $20. Why would I sell it? Like this was, why would I just, that's like throwing, that's losing money. It's throwing away. If you don't sell it, you're losing money anyways. Yeah, true. At least get the $20 from it and move on with your life. Yeah. Which gets it's to the past. Yeah. Too. Which gets to a point we'll touch on in a second, the probably the larger point that we learned from this, mm. from flipping. But, um, yeah, look through your closet. Look through your room when you're cleaning. Spring cleaning's coming up. Perfect time. We'll also talk about that in a second. Mm-hmm. But um, anything you haven't used in six months, I'm pretty sure you have stuff that you haven't used for years. And it's just sitting there, and it just looks like your room. It just You think that it's part of your room. Like Be critical with what you have and what you're actually going to keep, what's functional in your life. Surprising amount of stuff that we have we're never going to use again or just sitting there kind of looking the part and filling up space in your room. Find out what it's worth. You'd be very surprised. Like the Lost box set. I mean, I know box sets are worth a lot, but it's like, who buys DVDs anymore? It's like, if you have collector's edition box sets or if you have a collection of discs, those are worth a lot more because somebody put thought into those. Yeah, so just to pretty much condense what Gage said, you know, if you do have things in your house that you don't use, just siphon through all of them, see what's worth selling, see what's worth donating, and then, like, separate those in two piles and do what you need to do with them. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, trust me when I say this, you, you have a lot of stuff that you probably don't need. And, you know, for, for me and my sense of organization, too much clutter is, like, it bothers me. Yeah. So I do like to see, I mean, minus this right here. <laughs> um, I do like to have, you know, it's just a nice, neat room yeah. um, with as little things as possible. Because I just feel too crowded at yeah. that point. You know? And it's good There's nothing too. wrong. Yeah, exactly. There's nothing wrong to have, like, tchotchkes and whatnot, you know, and, like, little doohickeys on your table to give it a little bit more personality. But when you have, like, things stacked on top of each other and just, you know, you're finding a place to put something because you have no room, then, yeah, maybe you should start getting rid of some yeah. stuff. But the reason I say, like, talking about cleaning your room specifically is if you're scared about what we're doing now, which is actually going to the store, buying things with the intention to Mm -hmm. resell them, Mm -hmm. you can always start off with free stuff. I mean, yes, you've paid for it, but it is sitting there being free. You already own it. It's part of your inventory. Sell it. Especially, like, that's why I started off, because when Gary Vee said do this, this, and that on eBay, and you can sell an item, obviously he's not guaranteeing that's going to sell, but... In, in my head, I was like, oh, I don't have enough, you know, I wish I had more money to do my stuff or, like, how am I going to, you know, if I wanted to make a movie, if I wanted to, like, fund a movie by myself, how am I going to raise this money? And somebody was asking that question about how they're going to raise funds to start their business or whatever. And he's like, you can put a couple extra thousands of dollars in your pocket every year if you just flip stuff. And when he explained it, I'm like, oh, you're just sitting on money. Like, you're 
kind of wasting yeah, yeah. it away by just letting it sit there. That that's how I bought all my upholstery stuff was through flipping. Yeah, actually, it's an actual feasible thing that yeah. we realized is once you start selling it, you get a knack for it. You get that practice with your closet flips yeah. and whatever's in your room. Also, you, oh sorry, no no no, you just a basic way of saying you realize that you have another avenue to make money. That's not just your nine to five. And it's fun. Like we've. It it is a lot of fun. But also too, if you're say, you know, you want to be an entrepreneur, right? For example, um, and you want to start understanding like true logistics of a business. I think flipping online is a great break, like starter to do that. Because for me now, like I have so many rules that like I have in my head about flipping. So I was like, okay, so like I need X amount of money to buy flips so I can make more profit. Anything over that, so like is $100, what we were talking about. I need, I always keep at least a minimum of $100 in my PayPal account that's strictly for flipping, like in compensation mm-hmm. for buying new things, um, getting materials, so on and so forth, paying the listing fees. And so once that goes down, and then like more stuff sells once it hits a hundred dollars anything that goes over a hundred dollars is profit that i get to keep mm-hmm. so like that's a basic like business you know you have your expenses and then you have like your bottom line like this is as much as we need to make to make sure that everything's staying afloat and then <clears throat> like if you're starting off don't be so like eager to like have that money right there and then just take it for yourself yeah reinvest it back into into flipping yeah. into your business um because that's just going to help it grow so much more faster and you're just really going to be covering your bases honestly like when it comes down to the money i have in, in my account and you know, like when i flip i don't even see it as my money i just see it as like oh this is money that i can go out buy more stuff so I can make more money out of that stuff and like continue the process as it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when I really do feel comfortable about taking some money out for myself and using it for, you know, my personal life, then like, I don't feel as bad as if like I make a sale and then spend that money right away because then like, what, what was the point of like doing that? But like that, that's thinking more of long-term versus short-term. Yeah. If you just go on an eBay to sell one thing and just call it a day, then do it just spend the money right there yeah but if you're looking to do this as like a long-term thing that you can actually make money on and that'll like help you you know pay for some extra amenities like around your house or like in you know your personal life then just do that um but yeah yeah i think i think that's like well put for for that point yeah Yeah. so if like if you want to be an entrepreneur you like want to have like a good break like starting point because also there's more that goes into it minus the like you know business aspects and how to handle your money but then you're you're like learning about oh which will go into the next thing is like what's what's in the market like what are people out there looking for in the market Mm. so you know um for us it just started with like random doohickeys and just really going to the goodwill store mugs is like a big thing that mug life really into boom i just actually got this today this winnie the pooh and um piglet mug from a th- uh, consignment shop that i was looking through today got it for 99 cents shit and it was 99 cents <laughs> shit it was 99 cents <laughs> and and you know it's something like that because you know is disney um winnie the pooh is like you know one of the disney's big hallmarks and so like i know there are people out there who are always buying you know disney related items and disney always sells yeah that's oh the golden God. rule disney always sells. no matter what you have disney i bought a disney tote bag it was from disney world it was embroidered 
no blemishes or anything, no stains, scratches or anything, and it sold. Like, mm-hmm. I bought it for yeah. shit. It was 99 cents. You know, it was listed as a reusable, as a shopping bag. It oh, was, was listed it? as a reusable shopping bag under the catalog of Goodwill, and I sold it for, like, 10 or, like, 11 That's or something good. like that. Yeah. But, yeah, you'd be surprised what, like, the things that you kind of just pass by, um, you know, you might not necessarily want it, like, want... Um, to buy it but there are so many people out there who just like mugs mugs sell really yeah. well because they're cute just, you can add them to your collection yeah i was actually i'm pissed right now because wow when i was thrifting today i um i was looking through all the mugs and then there was a, a frame a disney frame yeah with all like disney princesses and characters and i was like oh like i'm gonna get that in just one second i just gotta like check something on ebay to make sure like what i'm looking at is gonna sell and then I turn around and it was gone. And I was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm actually afraid of that all the time. Sometimes I'm there and I see these older ladies who see me on my phone mm-hmm. and they like see what I'm looking at. So I try to like, nah. I know it sounds weird. Like I'm competing with these old ladies, but I'm like, I try to look at, I try to make it not obvious what I'm looking at. Yeah. That's the, that's the funny thing too about going to a thrift store is like, there are people who are going there to like get a bargain because you know, they probably don't have the money to buy like actual, you know, market retail stuff. Yeah. But there are like, there are resellers. There are treasure hunters. Yeah. Yeah. I passed a lady. So I went into a Goodwill out in West Roxbury and this woman went by and she saw me on my phone and she overheard me. I was talking to my friend. I was trying to teach him a lot of this stuff to you know get him started up especially because he has a car and that's going to come in handy uh in the next segment but uh yeah she was like yeah you know they've they've changed this place went to shit once they found out people reef selling because a lot of these places goodwill used to be very very cheap always was cheap but now since flipping and reselling are in the zeitgeist are kind of popular now a lot of like Salvation Army, Goodwill, Savers, they're raising their prices on some stuff because they know people are on the hunt. So they actually look at the market value, which, yeah. you know, can't hate the player, can't hate the game either. Just kind of, that's just is what it is. So you kind of have to, it's basically a race to the bottom because you're trying to look for the biggest deal. So usually the bigger deal is garage sales, mm. tag sales, estatesales.com. Yep. Um, yeah. <laughs> sponsor, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, those, because then people, typically you can negotiate harder with rather than like a big lot uh donation place like goodwill yeah but yeah in in speaking of the market too so when we first started we our like knowledge was really basic and limited Mm -hmm. so like for us it revolved around like mugs and then I started to get well. You over the summer really got into board games, reselling yes, board games, Monopoly specifically. Yeah, surprising amount of profit to be found in Monopoly games. Yeah, and then I I also sold a couple board games myself here and there, um, but then after a while, like I just had a question to myself. It was like, you know what? Like, I want to learn more about sneakers. Mm. So I just I just fucking yeah. deep dive into sneakers. <sighs> yeah, now. one day I was talking to Eddie. We were talking about mugs bags this that the other he comes back and i would have sworn that eddie started his own shoe company because he's like gage what you don't know about nike is the reason that this that the other and the swoosh this and that and the velcro that and this and the suede this and that and the aglet Mm -hmm. bro the aglet these aglets were actually touched by jordan and that's why (laughs) like that's why they're so popular so like eddie he and i really admire him for this when he came back like he did all this research and just there's always learning journey 
so dive because that was crazy you just came back and you knew so much already and you're still learning I'm yeah I'm, I'm, I'm always learning because there's always shoes out there and like now it's starting to leak into like luxury shoes mm. because that is just weird it's kind of like a law of attraction like where you put your mind like that's the things that'll keep coming up for mm -hmm. you um well where we work there's a lot of you know rich people around there so i kind of got into this habit it was a little weird just to look at their feet to see what they're wearing hey baby yeah hey. <laughs> you checking out my feet eyes up here sir eyes <laughs> yeah. up here eyes but those here. gucci though but <laughs> eyes are up here but those balenciagas <laughs> like, sir respect what are you <laughs> the but yeezys yeah. though the butters but yeah but like the more i learned the more i started that i can identify people yeah. like wearing shoes like one time i was waiting in line in the ups and a guy was wearing a nike off-white prestos and i was like are you fucking kidding me this guy's really and then there was another girl on the train that i saw the other day and she was wearing freaking off-white collar Converse, and I love Converse, by the way. And like, I was like, Are show you the camera, sponsor. Kidding me, man. Like, but like, that's the cool thing. Like, Yeezys are super easy for me to identify now because yeah. I see them so often, and like, they're like a huge staple in like sneaker culture. Um, like, you know, the one fifties and uh, not the one fifties. The 350s and the 700s, like those people are always getting them. 350s are a little bit more common um, just because they've been released a little bit more. But the 700s are a little... So the 700s are the Yeezy 700 Boost uh, shoes. It's about to turn into a sneakerhead uh, podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, and so those are all like every line that they release are always limited uh, quantities. And so they're always hard to get. Mm -hmm. um i know they're always in store as well so like you always have to like camp out and wait and unfortunately i don't have that kind of like time and or like huge investment to, yeah. to get into the resale market and i i fun fact i have not bought or sold one pair of shoes yet yeah like i'm still trying to get into yeah. it you well you tried i did yeah well yeah like so on nike nike um has the sneaker app and so on the sneaker app you can um either wait for releases or sign up for raffles oh i was talking more about the marshall's thing with marshall we oh bought that yeah pair. oh actually i did yeah, yeah yeah well that was when i got like into it in the very beginning and you made you jumped for it i did jump for it but, but luckily i i was able to get out of it because it was during the holidays and so you have holiday returns and with that i was after like about three weeks or so i was like yeah this is not like I shouldn't have done this, yeah. you know, in terms of like buying, like jumping so early to like buy shoes. So I like caught my own mistake and returned them yeah. before. There were Jordans. Uh, I don't know what specific what Jordans they were. They're like size 400 though. <laughs> they're they, they they were were like those 12. clearance. Oh, yeah, they really? They were? Oh, they were? They looked bigger than I thought. Yeah. Uh, they were, um, fuck. I think they were like it's like black and white something or another. They they were definitely unforgettable, and I'm like still learning about Jordans and identifying which numbers is which mm -hmm. in them. Like Jordan ones are probably the most reproduced, and has like an unlimited colorway mm -hmm. because they're always just releasing new ones. Uh, and then when when they retro them, <clears throat> which essentially is taking an old one and then updating it, the um, like those like become more prevalent. But even for the ones, like the Jordan ones, those always like have like some crazy specific colorway that comes out. And 
when those come out, those also come out in limited quantities. So those always have a re- like a resale value that like bumps up their price. Yeah. Like Jordan sneakers usually just sell for a hundred, like market retail. But depending on what they are, they can resell for like hundreds more. And if like there's certain you know really coveted and prestigious, um, like like you know SB Dunks, <clears throat> um, then those can just fucking fly off. Like the um, the SB Dunk Pigeons, the like by, made by Jeff Staples, who is um a New York designer and you know a sneakerhead as well. He just released the um the Panda Pigeons, which is like the second version of the original pigeons that came out in the early 90s and like i tried to get into the raffle for that i didn't get the shoe of course but once that shoe came out it tripled in value wow it sold for 100 it went up to like 300 in in um some sites holy shit but yeah i'm still learning i'm getting better at identifying like i'm finally like remembering like jordan four um fives and sixes four five and six all look similar and like I, I'm always like okay like which one is which oh this one has like the little the little clippy thing for the shoelace so like that's the Jordan Six okay now I remember that from mm-hmm. and blah 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 but yeah there's always so much more to learn about shoes yeah but yeah and and for me I'm not gonna go into my whole market branching but the whole point of this was that we started with mugs what board games whatever now. Eddie's learning about shoes, and for myself, I'm trying to focus more on clothing, specifically women's clothing, women's I mean, fashion. Oh yeah, well, I, I'm right now. I'm like into them, and I'm going. You know, I've branched from eBay. Now I'm trying out Poshmark, and the biggest, you know, research for me wasn't specifically about the history or the models of the clothing that I'm looking at, but instead how people interact and interface on this app, Poshmark, because it's like half a social media site, half a selling app, and you have to do one to get the other. You can't you can't just sell like eBay. You can't just put it up on a shelf and hope someone finds it. It's not a search engine like eBay is. It's a social media site with sales included in it. Um, but yeah, I, we, we spend enough time talking about research for sure, but that was a roundabout way of saying that like, it can start somewhere, but it leads you into so many different markets. Mm-hmm. You know, we have a joke like, oh, you know, I'm getting to the art game now. And I'm just like, get a jeweler's loop. And I start trying to find Monet's and yeah. like... Get into the cars and resell. Yeah. Be a motorhead. But but you never know what you find. It, it, you find one thing that sells really well or you find something that fascinates you. Like, oh, g- you know how much money is in like the 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 furniture market you know or like whatever you're you know, exa- exactly you would know of course that was a bad example obviously yeah. you know a lot about that but you know like you know like mugs it was kind of like the sleeper hit or board games i didn't know that much you know because they're collectible but um yeah now i guess to wrap this whole thing up um what we're that we're excited about this it Another smaller thing, I guess, too, to touch on before we get uh, wrap this up with the the announcement at the end. The we notice that it actually diminishes your craving to buy useless shit. Mm. So, like, touching back on the fact that like there's still a lot of stuff crowding your room because you bought it because you thought you'd want it one time, or maybe you did want it, but then it lost its luster and you don't use it anymore. I've my life itself has become so minimal with the stuff that I actually buy for myself because half the excitement, most of the excitement, I would probably like 75% of it is just buying the thing in the first place, going and like, oh, that's a cool thing and then buying it. Yeah. So that excitement, we're paying off 
we're turning that excitement into like our like profitable hobby at this yeah. point where you you're kind of just focusing your energy in something else so instead of saying oh i want that because like that's the hottest new thing now you're gonna say oh i want that so i can flip it yeah it's the hottest yeah thing. it changes your perception completely yeah, it does and it, i think it is for the better and now i understand why you said that because you know and, and i kind of just lost my train of thought with it but with that in mind you buy something it's it, it just um fuck it's like the word is like at the tip of my tongue status not status it refines how you see things that oh. you want yes so instead of buy 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 now you're a little bit more thoughtful about okay like do i really need this like does it fit in my life does it actually fit with my personality like would it look uh, look good in me aesthetically yeah. um it like it definitely has narrowed down because instead of saying want 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 it helps you focus more on what you really want versus what you think you want you know like everybody like you can have a tv you can have an xbox and whatnot but like for me um i i know the camera can show it like i have a whole bunch of one piece stuff because i love one piece so i i like to collect one piece you know memorabilia um and then hopefully you know down the road i can start collecting sneakers too so like those are my focuses now is instead of just like trying to get like as much random stuff as i want like now my mind is you know focused to to a point where that i i just need the basics and then if i really want something then i i know how to like siphon it through my mind kind of filter through all the bullshit to really say do i really need it or do i really not need it yeah um, um but to, to wrap this up we've been going on long enough in baseball attitudes things that we we like about it what it's done for us we recently to kind of escalate this even more because all we talk about and you can ask the people we work with and they will begrudgingly tell you how much we talk about flipping stuff and retail arbitrage and all this we decided to do a minor competition between the two of us which i'm gonna win yeah well i mean you can think that you're gonna win but that's okay it's okay we'll, we'll let it shake out uh you know it doesn't yeah we'll, we'll see how this shakes out but anyways being that spring cleaning is coming up, being that garage sale w- comes with warmer weather, people trying to get rid of their shit, Eddie and I are going to have a competition to see who can make the most profit between the days of March 20th being the first day of spring and June 20th being the day before, you know, for, so at midnight, June 21st will be the end of it. So basically for the entire season of spring, as it reads on the calendar, Eddie and I will be buying listing selling things whether it be on poshmark ebay whatever site however yeah as long as you have proof of sales whatever that we have all the details just need the receipts yeah basically it's also an honor code thing it's whatever but whoever makes the most profit that's just the goal that's the the metric that we're using to measure this whoever makes the most profit in that time wins uh and the winner i mean it's kind of like a the winner gets to choose wherever they want to go to eat. The loser has to pay for the whole thing. Plus, the loser has to wear a shirt that says, my flip is weak. Mm-hmm. We were also considering getting a trophy, like a ridiculous like, karate, like high school karate tournament trophy. Oh my but God. I'm not sure about that. Nah, but for sure, the dinner, yeah, for sure yeah. the dinner thing and wearing a shirt that says, my flip is weak. Yeah, maybe down the road, if you know, we continue doing these kind of competitions and we can throw a trophy in there right now <laughs> for sure well, a shirt a shirt and a dinner or something but yeah this this is you know 
friendly competition to boost that motivation, fire under the butt, you know, mm-hmm. actually give you something to get out and be like, not only, oh, that would be cool to flip, but oh, I can't wait to Gage. have Eddie you, man. pay for my blooming onion, even though there's like no Outback right here. <laughs> Outback's not where we're going. If I finally get the traction of selling shoes, you're done. Like, you are done. Oh, yeah, I know I'm done, but uh, let's just remember where your first sale was. So, anyways, that was the, <laughs> oh, wow. the competition. Um, that's the competition that we're going to be going into. Um, yeah, I think that's it. You know, this is an episode of Flips, mm-hmm. an episode for sure to refer back to when you're feeling motivated to put a little extra cash in your pocket, saving up for a vacation trying to pay off student loans we know it's rough out there mm-hmm. the nights are dark and full Sorry. of terror as Stannis Baratheon said <laughs> um, so yeah it's you just gotta start and whatever your corner of the world is whatever your market is if you know fucking jewelry let that be your thing start with what you know build yeah. off from there yeah that's just sounds good it's real estate yeah but uh, until next time this is Gage signing off This is Eddie signing off. This has been Two Boys Podcast.